Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Legion of Sports. The Premier League is less than two weeks away, so for that, we're previewing each and every top teams in the league, especially the Big Six, as we like to call it. We like to see their potential, their off-season business, ins and outs, as well as predicting what it looks like to be a fixture congested year of football due to the pandemic. Each episode will feature guests who have grown into being ardent fans of that particular club. Today we're previewing a club that are the record winners of the oldest cup competition in the world, FA Cup. They won this competition 14 times and are the rec- uh, and are the current holders of the cup as well. They're also current holders of the Community Shield and they've won the league 13 times. It's been years since they've last won the league. To discuss that and much more, we have an Arsenal fan uh, who is also a software engineer by trade and resides in Connecticut. He's been an Arsenal fan since 2007 and he's eager for Mikel Arteta's side to see more success. Let's welcome Sazak Upadhyay. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, so things are looking positive for Arsenal. Uh, they've recently signed Gabriel Magales from um, Lille. Um, how do you feel about that and, and whole business for Arsenal? Uh, as long as we're getting defenders, then I'm pretty happy because uh, that's been that's been a thorn in our, our side for a while now. We got numbers in. We have plenty of defenders, but we don't have good defenders. So yeah. it looks like a pretty promising signing. So hopefully he does well. Well, b- before you get into the signing, how about we talk about last, last season, mm-hmm. the way Arsenal finished, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure what position they finished in, but... Uh, uh, eight. Eight. But, I mean, they won the FA Cup. That was pretty much the highlight of it, uh, made it to the Europa League. So what did you make of, the, of your season and how it played out? I, I was actually very disappointed because we came into the season on a very high hope. Uh, we were we narrowly missed out on Champions League last season. We were uh, in the finals for Europa League, and Emery got most of his. Uh, despite him claim, claiming he didn't get what he wanted, but he got a lot of new signings. He got David Luiz, who's an experienced centre back. Uh, if even if he ignored his mistakes, he got Nicola Pepe, who who is one of the most who was one of the most coveted talents in Europe. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of hope coming into the season and we won the first two games. Uh, doesn't matter how we won it, but we won it. But right after that, everything went downhill. So it was very disappointing to see uh, what, what could have been a very promising season to just slowly go down the drain. But with uh, Mikel Arteta, I, I get a new hope the way he talks about the club or way he, way he prepares the team. So hope for the best for the coming season. Yeah, I think. Uh, hold on. Uh, let me let me let me let me just add into a little bit. Uh, when Artera got hired, I thought you know, the way they won the few games, I thought he was just some new manager bounce. You know, like every team gets mm-hmm. the winning mentality, but it just got carried on and on for you know. I mean, we saw in the FA Cup and all these runs that the Arsenal made. So I think you know, Arsenal finally has a life into it. Yes, and uh, I was actually very happy that we got uh, because we, we uh, the rumors were we could have either gotten Ancelotti or or Arteta, but between those two, uh, this could be controversial. But I would have preferred Arteta at that point because uh, the team needed fresh idea and the team needed somebody who knows the history of the club and uh, who has worked alongside one of the greatest managers in the world. So it was it was the uh, it was the right decision at that point. So let's uh, let's stick to the last season as well. Um, you know, when you talked about Emery, uh, when Emery led his side or led Arsenal to the uh, Europa League final in Baku, uh, they lost uh, miserably against uh, Chelsea, right? Um, and ever since that, uh, they were on a landslide. I mean, he got a few players that he really wanted, uh, like you said, in Pepe and Kieran Tierney, who proved out to be a shrewd acquisition for just 25 million pounds. Uh, compared that to today's market, you know, with Ben Chilwell and co. So, you know, it all went downhill and uh, with Arteta, you know, the, the, the newfound vigor and all. So this season, how do, you, how, how do you view the expectations? I feel like since winning um, the FA Cup as well as the Charity Shield, hopes are as high as ever. So uh, what, what is realistic right now? Uh, I don't think I would put my hopes high too much because uh, despite uh, making a couple of signings, we are still lacking in the areas that we really need to improve. The, the midfield can't create. 
if mm-hmm. we look at the way we win, we won some of our games, we won it because of sheer force of will and somebody like Saka creating. We, we should not be relying on an 18-year-old to perform week in and week out for a club like Arsenal. Yeah, if he had double-digit assists, didn't he? Exactly, exactly. Well, it's lucky for us that he plays for us or he is such a great talent, but a club like Arsenal should not just expect an 18-year-old to be a creative force throughout the season. So, uh, and with what's going on with with Ozil, I mean, nobody knows what's going on with him. So we need somebody to have a have a creative role in this side. And uh, there are some additions I think we should make before we go into this season if we have if if we are to have any hopes of getting up there with the big boys. Uh, you made a great point there uh, in the middle of the park is where Arsenal is struggling right now. Um, everyone look at, looks at Arsenal's defense and, and says um, they need numbers, they need you know better players in there. But I personally feel midfielders where they're severely lack, lacking right now. And uh, getting Danny Ceballos back would be a huge boost uh, for Arsenal. You know. Yes, I, I would agree. Uh, but it's also the fact that we have numbers in defense, we just don't have the quality. That because is if we look at if we look at the center number of center backs we have we have to offload a few because mm-hmm. we can't promise game time we have Mustafi we have Holding we have Chambers who would come out of injury we have David Luiz Bobby and, and there's talks of uh, Kolasinac you know and uh, with, mm-hmm. and there is also uh, Kolasinac there's Cedric uh, Hector Bellerin so we have a lot of defenders the problem is we don't have quality defenders who oh. would be consistent throughout the season mm-hmm. they would perform every now and then but they have a mistake in them every every other game, uh, like we saw against City and Liverpool, how David mm-hmm. Reed just completely had a brain fart moment. But then again, he comes to a big stage and performs out of the world. So mm-hmm. we need hey, somebody but, to be. Mm-hmm. But he backed it out, though. I mean, after after that game, he really came back strong. I mean, a few games after that, he just, you know. Yes, and uh, that's, that's, that's David Luiz. He would give you three straight good games and then he would uh, yeah. let you down in one of the biggest times. I would really say Mustafi was out of this world as soon as Mikel Arteta came in. He had yeah. one mistake at Stamford Bridge and after that, he had just been rock solid. I think uh, part of that is, is down to the system that Arteta plays. So playing a back five has its pros and cons. So pros being... You have more, you know, you have numbers at the back. So, you know, David Luiz, like I've always said, uh, he's, he's uh, you know, not ready for a back four. He, he is a liability when, when, when you play back four. But when you play back five, he's a, he's a leader because he doesn't really have to do all the work and he can pick out his passes where, where he's really good at. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it kind of masks a little bit uh, when you play back five because uh, you lack that creativity in the midfield, you know. I, I would agree to like that. A, it's kind of like a trade-off, you know. I would agree to that. And uh, also to say, uh, we don't really have creative midfielders, despite Danny Ceballos and... He is not a number 10. And uh, we need a number 10 who can of, bridge of course, that gap. Of course. So if, if we think of Jaka, he is, he is pretty good passer. He, he rotates the ball pretty well. But he... He cannot be defense when he's pressed up. Yeah, he's, so he's most- pretty ras. He's pretty ras, and sometimes, like when you play against a high pressing team, he's he's a little slow. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's he's one of the best passers at Arsenal, but um, he's pretty slow in in transition, especially uh, yes. especially uh, against high press. So this is one of the things I would I would note when Arteta came in. He molded the game around the midfield around uh, to compete uh, to compensate for for Jaka's uh, lack of pace and mm-hmm. uh, his his uh, inability to be, uh, be defense so when when Saka got up he played on that almost four and a half role in mm-hmm. midfield where he dropped between the midfield and defense and then covered for 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 Saka and Saka could be the creative hub so mm-hmm. I would I would still think we really need creative player who can create mm-hmm. on final third and who can play those passes. I really hope Ozil would have been one, but he yep. did show, he did show signs when Mikel Arteta first gave him chance. But right after the project restart, he is nowhere, nowhere to be found. Yeah, I think one of the biggest difference that I found after Arteta came in, or especially the few few games, or maybe 
mainly the Community Shield game against Liverpool, it's just how comfortable that def- uh, defense looks right now, playing from the back. I mean, remember the time when Socrates and, you know, uh, were just messing up for playing from the back and you know, scoring the- and conceding those goals. So I think one of those goals that they scored against Liverpool, Dini came from all the way from the back with 18 passes going all the way around at the top when uh, Eboming scored. Or was it against City? It was that against, was against that was against City. Uh, yep, but that was yeah, City yeah that, that's that's pickup. yeah that's one of the major changes that Arteta has brought back into this uh, system. That you know the defense just, just looks so much better, so much yeah. comfortable with the ball. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, reliable as well. And if you guys noticed, uh, even against uh, Liverpool this past weekend. Uh, they played out from the back uh, for that for that goal that Aubameyang scored. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't as silky as as the goal you mentioned, but it was effective. And they played out from the back. And I think some of that credit goes down to Martinez that I want to touch upon right now. Um, uh, I'll ask you who who you rather have uh, right now. Uh, uh, that's that's a pretty hard debate. But before that, um, you know, I play as a center back, and if I have a good goalkeeper behind me, um, you know, a stable presence, then like have me? more confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not Obi, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Martinez looks like, a, you know, a, a great leader of vocal presence as well in, in the back. So, um, things have changed under him as well. And he, he's great with the feet. Uh, I mean, so is Leno. But Martinez has that extra ability to pluck the ball out of the air as well. So, who do you rather have starting? This is very tricky because we are talking about this when Martinez in, is in his form, form of his life and Leno is injured. Mm-hmm. So this is a little bit unfair on, on Leno, but if we really look back on this season as a whole, mm-hmm. Leno saved us in a lot, many games. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I remember that uh, save, I think, from Ericsson or, or... No, the one against De Bruyne at Emirates. That was the save that of the was, season. That was, that, was, that was probably the save and, of and the season. Even against Spurs. He, he made yeah, he was, he was pretty instrumental. For, even uh, for the entire part of Emery's reign, he was our best player. And it tells a lot if your goalkeeper is your best player. Yeah, like, and, I mean, like we had with the, the yeah, he, he was player of the year for three years in a row. Yeah, that's supposed to tell you how United, bad the yeah. defense... Yeah, he was yeah, I, was about, yeah the, I was about to say, ask Avi how... <laughs> <laughs> he knows about it, but yeah. but uh, honestly, uh, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I would prefer Leno over over Martinez because, just because we have a very small sample size with Martinez. Mm-hmm. And and we're like a, we could be questioned uh, for being, uh, you know, having recency bias. Yes, well. exactly, exactly. No, but because what I what I was trying to say was Leno is somebody who has had loads of appearances on on first team football or like a senior mm-hmm. level. Going back to. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And he has he has played in Champions League. He has played played in Bundesliga for years, and he was a regular starter. And, and Martinez nationalized ball. Yeah. Yes, and Martinez is uh, is a good goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong. I have seen him for a while now, and I, I was somebody who 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 was so mad at him because he was the keeper when Reading and Arsenal played yeah, the seven, whole five. seven five game, mm-hmm. and his handling was piss poor. Mm-hmm. I remember that game. For somebody who has seen Martinez develop into this, so I, I, I'm pretty happy he is there. And I, uh, and this is something that the whole Arsenal fan, I have a problem with the whole Arsenal fan base right now is we are talking about one or the other. Why can't we have two great goalkeepers in our team? Absolutely. Uh, like with it, and Romero. Uh, and now we got Dean Henderson no. as well. Come on. No, I, I, I would, it's a good I problem would, to I have. Would, <laughs> I, I would not, not. So I support Argentina. I would not rate Romero. He's a great he he's a great penalty stopper, but apart from that, nah. Uh, I mean, he's a great copkeeper. Let's just put it out there. I, I don't think he'd be a great starter, but um, he's a great yeah. copkeeper and great mm-hmm. backup to have. A great backup to have. Yeah, yeah like true, I said, it's, absolutely. A good, it's a good problem has, to have. Yep. Yeah. And, and, anyone who has a fifty-plus caps for their country is a pretty good player. Yeah, and to Sajak's point, um, you picked Leno. I, I really like the argument. Argument. Uh, I mean, having lesser sample size. But what I would say is, as a fan, or or even as, you know, um, as as if I see from a neutral uh, glasses, you have to keep continuing with your best level, best eleven, or at least I mean your best goalkeeper right now, who is on form. So, if you reach a point where he, he I mean, he keeps making a couple of errors down the line, okay, you you bring in Leno. But right now, I don't think it's it's proper to Martinez as well as the whole squad to bring in Leno while he's performing really well. 
Oh, no, don't get me wrong. Martinez starts. For me, uh, the first game of Premier League on September 12, Mart- Martinez mm-hmm. starts. I, uh, I, I try to, sorry to cut you off, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I try to refer to when, um, you know, Leno first arrived a couple of years mm-hmm. ago and, and, and Peter Cech was still here and they went with Peter Cech. So as long as he was uh, the number one or as long as he was performing well, he was the starter. And, and then he kept uh, falling away and gave chances to Leno. It would also be different because we are starting the season late. Mm-hmm. So we would have games coming thick and fast. So there would be plenty of time to uh, rotate the rotate the two keeper and uh, get more uh, get more insight on who is performing really well. And it also depends on how Arteta really plans to plans to work with his defense and everything. Mm-hmm. Because because uh, Martinez is South American, he is buying a lot of South American defenders. Mm-hmm. So who knows? He just want to stick with the whole South American continent at at a back for 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 a while. But for me personally, Martinez deserves to keep his positions, and Leno would for now would come in the cup games and the European games. And if he if he wins his place, he wins his place. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair fair competition, fair competition. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we, should, we should absolutely keep both of them because it's been a while since we had two great goalkeepers. Uh, and and. More about transfers, uh, Sazak. There are a couple, be, a couple of players have been linked recently. Uh, Hasim Awar and uh, Thomas Party has been linked for for months now. Do you think he's oh, coming? He's gone. If, if you had to, if you had to pick one, who would you pick? I would pick Party because if we are already getting Ceballos, uh, I'm not sure where we are planning to play Awar because he 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 is a similar mode of player. Awar is not number ten, which which I was talking about at the start. But if we can't get both, uh, so it also depends on what kind of uh, system Arteta wants to play. If if he wants to play one of those intercepting defenders in the um, in the in the midfield with two number eight uh, or or two deep line playmakers not, with not exactly a player who plays in the hole. But uh, I I would think if we are going for Ceballos, I don't think it's the sign that OR is coming in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, isn't isn't Ceballos for loan another season? Yeah, another yes. season. Yes, and Partey but... is gone. Uh, he, I think Arsenal walked away from it because his re- his release clause was like fifty five million. So I think they already backed it up. Mm-hmm. Partey but... is thing at Atletico Madrid. Yeah, Atletico Madrid came back for Lacazette, so they are keeping tabs on him. So I, oh. it could still be possible that uh, there could plus. be a kind of a player plus cash deal. Which, which I don't think there should be a cat involved. So, you think uh, like if 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 Lacazette goes, um, you know what will happen up front? I think they'll be thin in numbers, wouldn't they? Uh, yes, uh, we have also been linked with the Celtic striker. Uh, he's 20 years old. He's pretty powerful. Can hold the ball up. Kind of a striker that uh, Arteta really likes. Mm-hmm. But even if he uh, Numbers, I would not say we would be lacking in numbers depending upon how many youngsters we have coming up. But we would yeah. definitely be making a signing who would be more like a squad player, rotational player with mm-hmm. Oba coming in and then Nelson and William and Saka who could all rotate around. The- rotate. But I, I don't think uh, Nketiah is that at a starter's level already. And um, Lacazette's value sometimes is un- underrated because he does so much of the dirty work. I mean, oh, he's yes. not, the, not the fastest and... Uh, Ab- Absolutely, don't get me wrong. I love Lacazette, but the problem is if we are planning to restructure the team and if we are trying to get money, and since we are not backed by a billionaires, we have to, we have to sell players who can bring money in, and we have very few few people or players that can actually bring money in. Did he sign a new contract yet, Aubameyang? Oba, it looks like it will be done. It's just a matter of suspense because they are playing this really, really funny across Ian Wright, Aubameyang, Arsenal. They are just playing it around. So it just seems like they are, They know something is done and they are just... Yeah, yeah oh, I mean, you, that, wouldn't be the, that wouldn't be the mentality if, if he, he, was, he weren't to sign the contract. So exactly. Things look, um, you know... What about Ozil? Ozil. I, I want him to leave at this point because as much as I, as I like him as a player and... Uh, I like his style. It's just, it's just not going to work. Yeah, let's just say it's, it's good for both club and, and him, himself, uh, his career mm-hmm. as well, if, if both part, uh, part. But I also don't see him moving because he just had a kid. So for him to move, nobody's going to sign him in England. Let's get, let's get it straight. No, Maybe, yeah. no, no Premier League team is going to sign him. In, with his, in with his contract. Yeah. With, his, with his ways, especially. 
so, and he doesn't want to move. He doesn't want to leave London. So it's 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 all up in the air. So, so Sazak, oh, mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, you know whenever you said Arsenal aren't backed out by billionaires, and funny funnily enough, uh, you know Kroenke, Stan Kroenke, he his net worth is eight billion dollars, and you know the KSC uh, Kroenke's mm-hmm. sports entertainment group, they have been you know frugal and and you know they haven't been been as active in the market and so what 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 so what do you think of KSC like you know as, as before as, hold on before you before you answer mm-hmm. that let me let me just uh, uh clarify on that strong cranky uh, the debate that she got going on uh so i mean he's helping the team out i mean look at los angeles rams i mean not arsenal but he got his more valuable team in los angeles rams that's where he's sucking all the money from that club and pouring into the new SoFi Stadium, which is worth, I don't know how many billions right now. So Kroenke yeah, is doing also, a job, but yeah, for a different team. It's also team. funny because, because I, don't, I don't think as an Arsenal fan, and this is another unpopular opinion, because we have always been a self-sustaining club. Mm-hmm. So even before, before Kroenke took over, we have, we have always been a self-sustaining club. The problem is it would be nice to have them back up, but apparently they are... So don't get me wrong. Uh, last season... They signed pretty pretty good players. Yep. Because we we signed we signed a lot of players last season. We signed five. They or six spent players. it on Pepe. This you, you guys spent seventy five seventy two million on it. So mm-hmm. that's so, a pretty big money. Yeah, it's it's not like we are not spending money, but the problem was the way we were spending money and the players that we spent so much money on never really worked out. Mm-hmm. Or or the or or the the tactics that we uh, that we employed on. We tried to go for ready-made players mm-hmm. who could get us into Champions League. So we bought we bought all the older players. We bought Socrates, uh, who David Luiz. Mm-hmm. These are all recent signings. And all of them and, and were recently Cedric Suarez and Cedric Suarez. Yeah. That's the whole Asian connection, which I don't even want to get in right now because that's one of yeah one of the cool. most annoying thing as a, as an Arsenal fan. Mm-hmm. You you come from Wenger's era, who was like so opposed to having uh, agent influence in As, and even our CEO um, yeah they, they, yeah they, they, they didn't have CEO before and uh, you know uh, head of recruitment or, or anything <laughs> um, you know. which I, I had no problem with having a chief of football and uh, like head of recruitment and stuff because that meant more uh, the manager could or the coach could focus more and and I think we are uh, we are seeing the last of uh, the actual managers, managers in football, mm-hmm. who, could, and, and who could take over uh, everything. Absolutely. And when, uh, you know, last month when uh, Raul Sanlehi was sacked or, or axed, however you want to see, uh, Arteta I said to sit... mutual yeah. agreement. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> so on paper, Arteta is supposed to have better influence over transfers now. And, and I feel like that's a, that's a good thing for Arteta because having seen Wenger develop all these players and, you know, as, as a manager, you have to, you know, have the control at least over what player you want. Because if you've seen the all or nothing documentary uh, for Tottenham, you know, you've seen that uh, press conference by Mauricio Pochettino where he is like, mm. he's just, you know, he's just upset that he has no say over transfers or despite having so much success, you know. Yeah, I was, I, was, I, was, I was watching that yesterday. That was so funny. And it's so good. It I mean, it's so, so awesome and it's so addictive. Like you, you kind of want to watch the whole thing. And the one thing that surprised me was how close the owner was, uh, Steve Levy, right? Is that uh, his name? Daniel Levy. Oh, Daniel Levy, sorry. How close he is with the managers and players, you know, sharing cafeteria and everything every morning, every day. I'm not sure if it's for camera or, you know, just... I, I would also say it's also for the camera, but I think he is, he is pretty involved. The problem is how involved. So if the owners just get involved for involvement's sake, that's not really great at all. So I would rather the owner be um, far away, delegated to somebody they trust, and the people who should actually be running the club should run the club. For example, if it's uh, KSC or if they want to delegate it to somebody they can trust and it's Arteta and Edu and uh, whoever comes in to fill in for now Raul's role right now Binay is doing it but whoever comes in or if, if somebody comes in if they are in charge the football people are in charge of, of the football side of things I think that would always be good 
no matter if the owner is is in the dressing room or not. Yeah, uh, great point by Sazak there. And Daniel Levy is is not the owner. He's a chairman. He's more like a businessman. And, you know, his influence should be, you know, shouldn't really be in the dressing room, uh, like like you said, uh, as much as, you know, no matter how, how good he is, you know, buying and, and selling players or getting the best deal, uh, like he's mentioned, he's supposed to have a, you know, a little distance between the players and, you know, the ongoing even training ground, man. I mean, he was at the training ground watching the players like, come on, like, I get it. It's your documentary and all those, but keep some boundaries, man. Uh, I, I would disagree to that point because, uh, because Josh Franke used to be frequent at the training ground before the whole lockdown happened. Uh, yeah. And uh, don't get me wrong. I kind of like it if they are involved to to show face and to let the players know that they are here. But the problem is I don't like them meddling in the football affairs and overriding managers or the football people. So let's say they want to come to the training ground. They want to talk to players every day. That's great. But if, if Arteta and Edu want to bring something and they want them, you should help them get it. You should not be like, oh, yeah, we, let's not do this because that's, that's, not, your, that's not your job. Yeah, uh, to Sozak's point and, and what we discussed earlier about, uh, you know, Ali Rams being owned by Stan Conkrey and, and their son, Josh Conkrey, looking after it. So, you know, when I started watching NFL, uh, initially the Rams struggled. Um, I mean, when they were in uh, St. Louis, they struggled. And I thought it it was the same way, even Denver, Nuggets struggled, Rapids struggled. Every team struggled, literally. But then again, uh Rams had a turnaround year uh, a couple of years ago when, when they had uh, coach in Sun McBay and Jared Goff and Cove like performed and went to playoff two years, three years, even went to the Super Bowl. So things were looking bright. And, and even last year with the injection of cash, like everyone was thinking that they had no cash at all. And then out of, out of nowhere, you know, they spent 72 million pounds on Pepe. So things look a little positive than, than before with, with KSC. So yeah, it, it it has looked positive, and I I also think spending fifty or sixty million is always not the answer. Look at United, they spent a lot of money mm-hmm. since since Alex Ferguson left. They have spent almost five hundred millions on player, but they are still not at the place that they want to be or they should be, considering the size of uh, of the team they are. So I don't think. Uh, and even coming back to, I would like to bring City into this because people keep calling City a money club and uh, keep accusing them of throwing money at the players. But if you really see their, their, the amount of player, the money they spend on the player these days is not huge. It's not 60 million every day. They buy through signings like Fern Torres that we recently got. Or when they, when they bought Gundogan, where they bought, where they bought Rodrigo, when they bought even Leroy Sonny, which they turned into massive profit. So it's not always throwing money at players, but it's also throwing right amount of money at right players. A valid point there. Uh, so up next is our uh, usual segment called uh, Rapid Fire, where we ask uh, our guest a few questions. Um, we got to answer that pretty quick. I have my own five. Uh, Avi has his own five. Uh, that's up next. That's the fun part. Yeah. So before we head into the rapid fire round, uh, closing questions for uh, Sazak here. So what are the expectations? Uh, we already discussed, I think. Um, so where do you think Arsenal is going to finish this season? Is it top four stretch? Uh, I don't think so if we get the signings our data wants. I think it, we can give a good fight because we showed it this season against the big teams. We won against the big teams. We beat City, we beat Liverpool, we beat Chelsea, mm-hmm. uh, we beat United. So O'Neal. I don't yep. think I don't think that would be a stretch, but we need improvements. So oh. let's see if we get players. I think we can still get the fourth. So Arsenal looked more like a cop side last season. So pick one, top four, top six, or outside the top six. Be realistic. Or bottom say, half. I mean, if you got to be realistic, yeah, put the bottom yeah, half in there too. I, I said outside, it, outside top six. That is, is, is it prediction or is it my expectation? Uh, prediction, let's say. I, I would say four. Four? So I, I, I think we would, we would sneak in. Okay, we'll see. I mean, so far, Liverpool, City, and Chelsea looks about the top four team for me. Uh, so uh, this, is, this is funny. Uh, everybody keeps Chelsea uh, 
so far high, but they have got new players. They still need to adapt over 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 38 games. And there's no preseason. There's no preseason. And so they still got the same defense. Exactly. They got Thiago Silva, but it's also a 35-year-old player. I mean, obviously, he's going to bring more stability, but... Like I mentioned before with Martinez, when you have a stable presence at the back, then you have a, you have a better defense. So when you have keeper who, who you know, by, you know... Yeah, by, by, by stats, if you, if you shoot at him uh, every two shots, one of them is starting to go in with uh, Kepa in goal. Yeah. So <laughs> Chelsea, I mean, I know they, the forwards got better, but it's the defense, man, and the keeper. So Yeah, and it's also that they have got a lot of players, yes, but those players have never played together. True. Uh, they, they brought GH in, they are bringing uh, Harvard. Werner, Havertz, and then yeah. Timo Werner. But mm. it, it's different playing preseason, but, and it's different playing 38 games together and sustaining it, considering they are also playing Champions League. So, so I, I would I would still think it's gonna be a race, but I think the the fourth spot is still up for grabs if Arsenal really improves and uh, keeps mm-hmm. working like they have for the uh, last season. Yeah, so I think the consensus is Liverpool and City are like top two for sure, for sure, and then yeah, since uh, United haven't really spent outside of Van der Beek, so it's just. I mean, didn't we didn't we had sports fan last week and he said he. They will make the top four. And now we got Arsenal fans saying they're going to make top four. So it's going to be a good So, uh, Yeah, everybody thinks they can make top four. Uh, it's the beauty of being football fan. They just think their team are the best team in the world and they're just going to make it through. But I don't... Uh, so for the, for, for the love of God, I don't see why Spurs should uh, finish top four over all the teams because... They have not made improvements to their side. Matt Duherty is not a top four player. He is not going to pull your team out of, of seventh and bring you to top four. And another thing with Doherty is he's, he's a really good uh, proven player in the Premier League, at least a high mid-table team. But he had the privilege of playing for a back five, so you have more stability. So when you get back to a back five or back four, and you, when you have to play right back, you know it, it's tougher than playing in a back five. So... And it's also who you are playing against because if you are playing for, for, for a team like Wolves, you, when you go to a big side, they would attack you and you have space open to counterattack. Of course. If you, if you play for, for Spurs, teams would sit back. And so you're team, under scrutiny every game. It's exactly. Not, it's not exactly. like some off days. So, so I, don't, I, uh, I mean, it's great that people are hopeful, but compared... Uh, Spurs to uh, Arsenal. I don't think they have any 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 bigger edge. Uh, I really don't think they do. So I, I think, think I, I think we have to invite uh, Arsenal and Spurs fan for a roundtable talk next time. That's what I said. We should get it in. I mean, we might as well just you know put some guns and uh, swords <laughs> next to each other so we can you know it'll, do a virtual fight. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I still I'm still gonna put my money on Mourinho over Arteta. So. Would you? Just, yeah. Based on based on the I mean, team listen, that they he, have, and based on how how the uh, how the whole season has gone since December. Oh sure. I mean, if Mourinho got a whole preseason, and he got time to you know uh, re- regroup his squad and maybe you know just get his tactics right, I think Mourinho is a proven manager than Arteta, and yeah, is, I think he will is, find a way to get it through. Okay, so this is funny because uh, if you look up the look look at their defense, right? Their center backs, Vertonghen, is he still playing for them or did no, he? No, he, he he's gone. He's gone he to left. Benfica. Okay, so who are their center backs again? Alderweireld, Alderweireld who is Sanchez, 30, 31, Sanchez. 32, Davison Sanchez, uh, who's, who who's the other one? Who won fourth? Exactly, they don't have depth. They yeah. don't have depth. But they got quality. I would say they got quality so, um, on or where it, it, with Alderweireld and Doherty. Eric Dyer is supposed to play as a center. Yeah, he'll he'll now. play at the back. So, I'm not sure how good of a player Eric Dyer is. And I'm, I'm really not sure how good of condition their fullback position is. Because yeah, because fullback is a, is a... I mean, centre-back, when you have uh, Alderweireld, who I consider as one of the best uh, centre-backs in the whole, whole league. So, besides him, will be a problem. But we've seen Sanchez is capable enough. But like you said, fullbacks is the is a main issue. I don't think uh, Davies and... Um, Aria. Sessegnon. 
you know, it looked back. Even Aurier has has a lot of errors in him, so it's going to be a problem for for uh, you know Jose to to you know. Yes, and I also think Avi is a lot more romantic about Jose of the past. He's so, awesome. So the so the one that won won at Inter, the one that won at Real, barely won at Real, one that won at uh, Inter, that won the treble Chelsea, at Inter. Chelsea. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the same Jose, and I think football has slowly started to pass him. Yeah, point. and and I feel like, as much as I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, scrutinize the All or Nothing documentary, Jose Mourinho didn't look his old self. I mean, for some he reason. looks more fun. What do you mean? No, he looks fun, but it's also the thing is his football has always been us against them. If you if you if you if you look at the the teams he has taken, he has taken up underdogs and it's almost like made it a fight. When he got Chelsea at first, it was, okay, let's go against United and Arsenal. They are the villains. So we are just going to throw them off. Where When he got to Inter, AC Milan, okay, they have won a lot. Let's take them off. When he got to Madrid, okay, let's see, let's see Barca. We are the evil ones. We'll break through. We're, we're not nice. The same thing he gave. The lecture but right now it's, it's too much for him because it's not it's not uh, one team that's leading it's, it's two in and, and and on top of that Sozok uh, he always has a transfer war chest uh, to, to spend with but this time or, or with Tottenham they don't have the funds to go out and, and go out on a spree right I mean he literally left United because he couldn't get defenders yeah but he, I, I would he blame United spend. for that before before Moreno yeah. because the guy kept kept crying out for a center back and they didn't give him a center back. And we got him after a year left. So Exactly. And he finished second with that squad. So, I mean, again, we can argue about Mourinho in Arsenal podcast, but uh, yeah, and, and, <laughs> let's just move on. And, and, <laughs> we'll, and course, we'll get Mourinho. Mourinho needs a different segment on his own. We don't yeah, need course, to put... Mourinho is, uh, and he is a superstar himself, so he, he needs his own. So, and, and another thing, we're trying to rebuild the uh, All or Nothing documentary as well. So, We'll, we'll discuss more on that. So moving on, um, you know, the all-awaited rapid-fire round is here. Uh, first question, uh, I'll, I'll try to make it a little easier this time. So, <laughs> so basically what, uh, what this segment is, how well do you know, know your club? Oh. He's going to ask a question. I get to answer first because since I'm not an Arsenal fan, but if I don't get it, you can counter you know, uh, your answers with it. Okay. So basically you're competing against me, which uh, okay, is a uh, quiz. Didn't know yeah, it was a yeah. quiz. All right, yeah, so let's go. This is kind of like a warm-up question, and I, I, I fully believe in uh, Sazak already. I, 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 <laughs> Extra pressure. <laughs> so, to get the ball rolling, uh, first question is, uh, which stadium did Arsenal win the league back in the year 2004 in? Um, you know, it's invincible season. Um, White Hart Lane. I thought that was for me. No, I mean you can answer too, because I mean if I know you, if I know that answer, you definitely know that answer. That's not even up for debate. Yeah, I was, I was watching. I was, I was on my YouTube today, and there was a clip of Thierry Henry talking about how he was not supposed to celebrate, but there was this guy who took the penalty, and he started jumping around, so he decided he wants to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So. so Thierry Henry, Thierry Henry, TT is where our next question is. Mm-hmm. So, which current MLS team is? Uh, Managed by Thierry Henry. Is he managing? Because didn't he just got sacked by uh, Monaco? Is it is he still managing? He's managing know. Montreal, right? I don't know. Montreal. I have no idea. I'm sorry about that. I get it. Did I get it? Yep. Bam. Oh. How? I don't follow MLS. <laughs> I'm sorry. You gotta follow your biggest legend, man. I come know. On. I know. So I was like, come on. <laughs> See, I actually sure. went, went, went to watch uh, Thierry Henry manage Montreal before COVID, just before like a couple of weeks. Oh, I think, wow. March. I think it was the Make- second game of the season. And yeah. on top of that, he made a statement when he kneeled down for six, uh, uh, I think it was seven minutes, uh, the amount of time George uh, Floyd got his mm-hmm. neck pounded uh, uh, so, on. So I really followed him up until Monaco, and I was really disappointed after that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. As much as I love you as a player, uh, Andre and Zoe Campbell are two players. I don't think they can they can be uh, like a elite man. Yeah, I don't think they can cut it at that level. But um, you know, he can resurrect it at at, at a, a low pressure club like Montreal. Mm-hmm. 
So I actually watched him and got a signature from him and a little picture. Oh, that's, that's well. so cool. That's so yeah. cool. I remember my friends were in Australia for that preseason tour when Arsenal went to Australia and all of them mm-hmm. got pictures with the first team squad and Arsene Wenger and got their autographs and stuff. And I was like sitting here and watching them and I was like, yeah, fuck I actually, I actually so watched he, uh, Arsenal. He, he was Arsenal. here, yeah. He was in Colorado for the yeah. Rapids and uh, Arsenal game. Yeah, yes, I had, my, I had my finals that day when they were playing in Maryland. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was in Denver with Avi and uh, I actually had a bet on a bet with him uh, and, and I actually won the bet. I knew we were going to, I think it was three or four and I won the bet and he was about to give me or, or he told me he would give me a Ezekiel Elliott jersey or whatever jersey and he still hasn't. So he owes me a jersey. Avi, you need to, you need to pay up. That, that bay was met under you, you the need, influence you, of alcohol. You need, you, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Thank you. Also, also you, Gabriel, you, you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're always under influence of alcohol, so I, I don't yeah. think that that's a valid reason. <laughs> that's, that's not a good question, uh, not a good excuse. So on that day, uh, Sazak, uh, Gabriele Martinelli was kind of making his debut. Uh, not, not, a, not a proper debut, like a league debut or something, but oh. he play, I think he scored too. He, he looked, I think I, I, I think I've watched that game. I was not, watching that game. Not to overhype him, but I kind of knew he had like high energy. Like at that time, he wasn't rated. He was just a seven million pound or something signing, right? And, he was uh, supposed to be a, a player for U23. Mm-hmm, exactly. When, when we first signed him, he wasn't really he signed was for a first team player. That's why none of the first team players were playing, and he was there too. And he impressed me right away. And I, I knew he was going to be a superstar. Not at this level, but yeah. So, anyways, moving on. Um, we already discussed about discussed e- easier about com- questions, please. Okay. <laughs> For sure, uh, a lot easier now. So we had talked about community seal there, the current holders as well. So how many do they have right now, or how, how many do you guys have? Arsenal, twenty. Mm-hmm. Abi, community seal Arsenal twenty. No, seventeen. Abi is closer. Sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, United have twenty. They are the leading. I think we got twenty-one. I said I uh, community seals. United got, I think, 21. Do they? Might, I mean, I, 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 they have more leagues. I mean, so. I kind of glanced over, you know, one of those pictures on Instagram, but it might be yeah, 2021. Yeah, I think I confused between United and Arsenal because they're the top, top two on this one. So next question, uh, this is kind of like a, a, a tough question for Arsenal fans because uh, I don't think that was the best of days uh, to, to remember. Uh, back in 2006, I think the final was in Paris, wasn't it, against Barcelona, the Champions League final. Uh, they were on the wrong end, uh, some bad refereeing decisions as well. So <laughs> who, was, who was the scorer for Arsenal? Sol Campbell. Avi? Sol Campbell? Um, well, it wasn't... Well, I, I have no idea, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it was a header. It was, it was Sol Campbell, yeah. Because he said that he said it in confidence, I so I was game. like, you know, I, I, I was that game. <laughs> I was gonna say Ilneni because I, I didn't he score in Camp Nou or something? Uh, oh no, that that, that was who were who uh, you talking about again? Ilneni. Ilneni. He was talking about 2006. Oh okay, I mean, never Champions League final. Yeah, yeah. So next question is related to Saul Campbell. He signed from uh, Tottenham. Uh, the, you know that that infamous move uh, across North London, uh, the breeze that people don't or players don't really take so had a great career so where did um where did Sol Campbell go after after Arsenal Man City Abi any any I mean guesses? the way he's answering the question with confidence I don't even, I don't even want to counter attack so I'm just going to go with Man City <laughs> I think you should uh, it's Portsmouth oh, he later on went to Man City that I don't know who Sol Campbell played for Man City right oh. at, at a point in his career I, I don't think he did. He, I will I keep think, that I up think, for I think debate. You're, uh, uh, mistaking it with uh, the goalkeeper we had, uh, Seaman. No, it might be with Sangna. It, it might be Sangna. That guy. No, no, it, it, it was one of those players. Somebody played for Man City, I'm not sure. Uh, a defender of ours. It was also Colotura, yes, but. Yeah, so moving on. Um, Thierry Henry and, and uh, Dennis Bergam were signed from Italian clubs. So which two clubs were they? Inter Milan and Juventus. Absolutely correct. <laughs> Bro, you see, last time, I think he took it to, I think he had some questions for a sports fan, which was like way out of, I mean, no, for the Liverpool fan, I think. 
which uh-huh. was like way out of you know like out of history that no one would ever <laughs> i think he asked questions like who is the youngest scorer in the club history what oh, oh, that that was <laughs> Roy fowler Robbie fowler no. yeah he knows for that too so <laughs> you messed it up bro i think he got four four correct out of five uh so he's on the leader I mean, that was the only toughest. Qu- I mean, that was the only tough question. Uh, yeah, he should have known the other one. But I think Sozak is leading now with the leadership with four questions right out of five out of the fans that we got. No, I think I got only three. Yeah, I think he got. Oh, was it three? Okay. Yeah. yeah, thanks for honesty, man. I mean, we don't you don't get that <laughs> you don't get that in in this podcast because Prozel is always like you know making some excuses. <laughs> what I mean, did I make any excuses? I, I gave you I, I gave you fairly decent questions, didn't I? It was it was all right. But I think it was too easy for Sozak. So, yeah. No, I just I just remember I, I I'm a football romantic, so I know my past where we were like pretty good and. Uh, well, yeah. Let's we'll let's give there. credit to him, Avi. I mean. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see about this round. Let's see how well does he do on my on my questions, which you know these are the questions that keep keep you up at night. I mean, if you go to bed, <laughs> you. These are the questions that I'm, I'm pretty sure you brought you brought the eight two up. I'm I'm pretty sure there's some some shade of eight two in there. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna bring that memory uh, back for you guys. Uh, we are having a good time today. So, uh, all right. So first one, it's obvious one. Start one, bench one, and cut one. You got Karen Tierney, Maitland Niles, and Saka. Karen Tierney start. Uh... Wow. Saka bench and wow. Maitland Niles cut. Wow! If it's if it's one has to go. Maitland Niles start? No, uh, Kieran Tierney start. Okay, I was like, Niles start. Okay. I thought he was gonna go, you were gonna go for Saka, but all right. Next question. I and I asked this with this first friend too. A better wingman. You know, you're going at the bar Friday night. You need a better wingman to get you. You know, in that zone. Hmm. So who are you picking? Aubameyang or Ozil? Aubameyang, of course, the man course, is blinging. Yeah. You, you, you get into a Ferrari, a Lam, Lamborghini, you walk in, you get whoever you want. So. And you Wait. get someone outspoken. I mean, come on, Obi. I mean, I don't like that question because like, it's too easy. Bling, bling, bling. <laughs> I thought Ozil was more of like class, you know, like, hey, look, I got a suit on instead of this uh, jacket. Yeah, but he's, he's more silent, you know. He's like but more sometimes th- it's just a smile, man. That and I don't think Ozil drinks, so there's there's one thing not going to club with him. But he can buy a drink, expensive ones. Uh, he'll, he'll pass me the drink. All right, you I are held. Need any more drinks? <laughs> you are held at your gunpoint. You need to save your life from Italian mafia or something. You know, you got trouble with. Colasinet. Who are you calling? <laughs> no, 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 no. Zaka or Lacazette. <laughs> What do you mean, Laka or Lacazette? Zaka or Lacazette? You need to make a call to save you. Uh, Lacazette. Yeah, I, I think. Didn't didn't Zaka was involved? Uh, I mean, in some sort of you know. This... That was Colasinet. That was Colasinet. Oh, the... that's... Uh, he he, that's he, why... he saved Ozil uh, from robbers. Yeah, that's why I said Colasinet even before the <laughs> question ended. The question <laughs> <laughs> this is not going well. All right. <laughs> Would you rather defend one on one against Pepe? Or score a penalty against Leno or Martinez. You know what? I'm going to add Martinez to Leno or Martinez. So you got to defend one on one against Pepe or score a penalty against. Score a penalty because from what I've seen on Claire's interview, Nicolas Pepe is pretty hard to defend. So you're going to score a penalty? Yes. Yeah, and, and your chances of scoring penalty, I mean, no matter. Is, is mean, higher. Even if you're a professional, I mean, penalty is just a spot kick. I don't think. Avi, come on. You're better than this. <laughs> and finally, I, I need, mean... I think you need 10 questions just to get into the group. We only think five. Uh, <laughs> and the last question again, since I'm a United fan, I have to bring my United bias into the podcast. It's been a while. So you, gotta, you have an option to sign one United player this season. Who are you buying? Our current squad, the one Anthony we got Marshall. right now. Anthony Marshall. I've always loved him. Really? Always loved that guy. I thought you were going to go with Bruno Fernandes because... No, no, no. Because no, no. creativity in the midfield. Uh, absolutely. I get Bruno Fernandes, why people would say Bruno Fernandes, how he took the league by the storm when he came in. But I have always been a fan of Martial before he moved to, before he moved to United. So always wanted him in Arsenal. So, so Liverpool... 
Yeah, I, I mean, if you ask ask me this, I mean, ask me this question, I would take uh, Mason Greenwood. We're not selling Mason Greenwood. He's he's out, bro. He's <laughs> valuable than Lionel Messi. He's out. We're not. I'm not selling Mason Greenwood. <laughs> oh my god! But um, it's in, it's interesting that Liverpool fans picked uh, Liverpool fan picks Pogba. Pogba. Spurs picked. Uh, what was it? Who did you pick? Uh, uh, he picked uh, Bruno Fernandez Bruno, yeah. and Arsenal. Uh, Martial, I think we, I think we'll have a five side by the end of the, you know, <laughs> by the end of, all, by the end of the, uh, the segments. Yeah, I think I think I've always loved Martial. I think the first time I played with him was it, it was it started from FIFA because I picked him on, on a FIFA career mode on. He's a good dribbler. Fif- yep. Fifteen or FIFA fifteen or sixteen, and the way he performed then, I was like, okay, I like this kid. Who is this kid? So I started following following him on his actual football game, and the way he dribbled, the way he went past uh, defenders, it reminded me of Andre. So I always wanted him. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and actually, he he played from Monaco as well, like Henri. Mm-hmm. So and, and the goal he scored, scored against Liverpool against in first first game for United, that was that was that was Henri. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is what I want to do. You know, you can talk about Arsenal the whole one hour, but at the end of the segment, I still want to get my United take on it. Just to, you know, hear some praise for <laughs> some players out of it. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about Harry Maguire if you really want to talk about United. Uh, yeah, I mean, right now he's he's struggling on his own uh, Greek case. So, I mean, poor guy, man. Uh, I think, I mean, let, let's be clear. I actually heard his interview uh, that he gave for BBC, and yeah, it was. Although, although he probably made some error on on his behalf, but he, I mean, you can't you can't really blame the guy. I mean, I mean, he on. was drunk. I think he was, so, you know, at the wrong place. Let's just put it so, that. Way. So my problem is not with people believing or not believing Harry Maguire. My problem is with the, how media ge- uh, gave him the whole option to clarify, mm-hmm. while the same media has been criticizing Raheem Sterling for buying his mother a house. So I think I think that was that was the biggest thing that that was a problem for me when this whole saga broke out because suddenly when when was a non-United player and a non non a white player instead of a player of color. It's suddenly the whole media is like, okay, we have to defend our captain, my captain, and where does it go when it's a player like Sterling? When they made such a big deal out of him having him, they even misquoted him to make him look bad when he was talking about how his father was killed with a gun and he was never talking touching the gun. So. I just think I, I just think the, the my whole problem with this saga was how the media just completely went behind Harry Maguire. As hasn't that been the story of 2020? It's it's been 2020, I know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's still been... it it still sting me a little bit because and... here you have a player who's still going a trial and you have thrown your full support behind him without without even looking into facts, and then there were players you just completely slated without even having a reason. So and yeah, also, I mean, ridiculous. it's just ridiculous. You have a trial without even giving uh, opponents any 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 leeway or, or any time to just review the case. It just and, yeah, and also, I mean, you know, he got his own case going on. We don't even know what really went down in that situation. But did you see last week? I think Mason Greenwood while he was training for England in the press conference was asked this question, what should you think of Harry Maguire this season? I mean, who cares what Mason Greenwood, Greenwood thinks a 19 year old being asked questions about, you know, that kind of situation. It's just, uh, I, I don't know what really gets, you know, uh, into I, media these days, like what yeah, he's actually I, I, trying to achieve from Greenwood. Like, I, I remember Gary Neville talking about right after he got back from his uh, really successful uh, time at Valencia. So we, oh yeah. So he talked about the media and how media in Spain uh, ask questions versus media in England ask questions. So media in England is almost like your regular tabloid media who just want to get sound bites so they can spin it off. Yeah, it's not and first. Is it's not correct. It's just matter of matter of who is first. It's not getting yes. the facts and it's right. Al- it's it's also the matter of who can make it more spicy. Yeah. So, yeah, not a huge fan. Is it to Pepe who can keep going? Arsenal. Got an overload here. Aubameyang, can he find a way through? You bet he can. That is top, top class. And from 1-0 down, Aubameyang 
has personally turned it round. Two in the semi-final, two in the final. So moving on, Sazak, uh, we're nearing towards the end of this uh, preview episode. Um, before we end, uh, I would like to ask a couple of questions. Uh, let's go, you know, uh, probably uh, more than a decade back. How did you become an Arsenal fan? Um, what, what led you to becoming an Arsenal fan? Uh, because I remember growing up, um, you know, I thought Arsenal, the word Arsenal comes, comes from Arsene, because Arsene Wenger was, oh, don't get, was managing don't get the me wrong. I, 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 <laughs> I thought the not? same way. I thought the same way. It's not? I still... No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think David, David Dean talks about this uh, when he, uh, well, the time when he talked about Wenger and he said that there was the fate when Arsene and Arsenal were, were one. Synonymous, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, my football journey was pretty interesting because uh, I used to, uh, so I, I, I grew up playing cricket. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I started watching for sports because we didn't have many options to watch on TV. Probably was better than Avi. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Uh, who knows? Uh, so, so I used to follow um, football on the back pages of Kantipur at that point. And there was always uh, news about Barcelona and uh, Arsenal and Premier League games. So I started like, okay, let's, let, let's watch some of, the, some of the games. So I started watching Arsenal and the way they played football. It was pretty, 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 pretty beautiful football. So then I just started, like, okay, if I have to pick a team to watch this regularly, I'd rather watch this team, which is pretty exciting and which had uh, up and coming young players at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fabregas. And I think we, we, shined, we signed Eduardo that season. Eduardo, yeah. Eduardo da Silva. Yeah. He, was, he was so good before that injury. So yeah, before a, that horrible tackle by uh, Taylor, I guess. In Birmingham. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, so it's just, uh, yeah, that was, that was the whole uh, vibe about the, about the club with young players just going at it, giving their best mm-hmm. for a manager who really believed in it. So at the time, that, Martin, that, I mean, uh, Matthew Flamini, uh, Alexander Kleb, you know, Bakari Sanya was, was growing up, Gal Clisi. I think that was, that, was, that was also the season. And, uh, that, was, that was two seasons after we signed Walcott, and he was also on the right wing, just cheering. Yeah, the, cheering the Walcott up, was so. there. It was, it, was, it was a good season to be an Arsenal fan. Uh, but it was fresh off the whole uh, 2006 finals and everything. So it was, it was a good time. Yeah, so when you talked about Kantipur, um, I personally had subscription to the Kathmandu Post growing up and back pages, sports. I was so addicted. You know, there were there were days there were days when uh, uh, you know they they couldn't deliver for some reason, and I was gutted, man. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah that was that was, um, that was before I moved to Kathmandu. Yeah, get a room, you two. Jeez. How did you follow football? Football. I think I was an England fan before I was even a United fan. <laughs> Beckham. Yeah. I yeah, always Beckham. Knew you probably he, he probably fell in love because of Rooney. Uh, you know, Rooney of, was my hero, but Rooney's I think it was it was, it was it was David Beckham that got me into soccer. I mean, let's be honest, I was a cricket player, so football was like a bonus game for me. All right, yes, let's, yes. Let's, let's, that's that, that's how all the young girls came into football. So no surprise, Abhi. Young girl. All right, bye. <laughs> Looks like Abhi has had enough of Arsenal talks. Um, yeah. Probably, I, I, I'm gonna need probably a week or two to get recovered from this one. Uh, don't worry, we will have some uh, United Faithfuls pretty soon out here, so um, you can have your backside ready for that. I'll have my popcorns ready. Um, thank you, Sozak, for uh, stopping by today. It was fun um, talking to you. Um, you gave a lot of insights as an Arsenal fan. Uh, Arsenal's future looks bright at at the point uh, at at this moment uh, going into the season. So let's see how, how they uh, figure out all, all these issues. Well, the th- I mean, he's not just an Arsenal fan. Like I said, he's a football maniac like us. I mean, he, you know, he, he pretty much follows the entire Premier League, La Liga, whatever you name it. So at any point, we need someone to, you know, pick our brains out. Mm-hmm. We'll just, we'll have to give him a call. Yeah. We'll just, um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, we'll just... We'll just invite him next time when you have to preview a Montreal Impact as well. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that for the next time. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it, it was great having you. Uh, we'd like to, you know, you know, always invite you next time as well. So we look forward to having you again. Uh, till next time, we'll have more uh, 
top sides uh, in, in, in previewing as well. We have, I think, United left. Uh, United, have, Chelsea, and... We have City and Chelsea left as well. City. So we look forward to those. So till then, we'd like to thank you all. Please subscribe uh, to our podcast on various audio providers such as Spotify, Anchor, Google, um, as well as we're on YouTube. Please hit that subscribe button. Um, we have plenty more videos, highlights as well coming up. Um, thank you always. If you have any questions, comments, feedbacks, do let us know. Please DM us. We have our page on IG as well, the Legion of Sports. On that note, thank you all. Goodbye.